Well, cool. Uh, today, the message is going to be brought to you by Sherry. She's, um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about her as she makes her way up here. Sherry's been a part of City Church from the very beginning. We were setting up at the Redstone Room, which is just right down the street every Tuesday night. And we had a basement full of our stuff. And then we took a little elevator up to the third or second floor at the Redstone Room and unloaded the basement elevator or the, the elevator every single Tuesday night. Um, about 15 times, about 15 trips. So just imagine that, okay? That's what a Tuesday night service was for us, just to make that happen, moving all that stuff around. Sherry came a part of the church at that time, and I asked her if she would do coffee. And so we ended up buying about 15 of those coffee, those things that you get at Walmart that you make at, at your home, you know, those coffee makers, <laughs> Mr. Coffees. And so she was like filling all of those up. We gave her uh, lots of tasks that were <laughs> not fun, but she's made it through. And here she is, six and a half years later, been a part of this church. She serves on our board. And uh, I've just seen God do so many amazing things in Sherry's life over the last couple of years. Just, um, I just want to just say something like she has just never stopped growing. You know, like, you, you, know, you know how you kind of just hit this level in your, in your walk with Jesus and it just feels like, oh, I'm just kind of walking through this and mundane. Like, she's just never stopped. And so I want her to share that. How did she get that insight? How is God doing that in her life? Just continuously bringing her closer and closer to Jesus. And so um, that's what she's going to share today is just how we can do that. And so would you guys um, just go ahead and let's just give it up for her and she's going to jump right in. Well, good morning, City Church. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming out today, and I want to say hi to all those that are joining us online as well. Oh, this, oh, this wiggles. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I won't touch it. Um, well, as Neil says, I've been here for a while, and... Um, an interesting thing happened when I came to the city church. I had told Neil that, well, I'd asked his permission. Could I come if, if I just wanted to tithe and be on the prayer team and take care of communion? And he said, yes, absolutely, I could come. <laughs> and like he said, then I made coffee, and now I'm doing, I've done lots of things. But the reason that I went beyond those first few things was um, because I fell in love with city church. Um, God has made it such a beautiful, wonderful place and a beautiful, wonderful family. And Wednesdays for women's group and Sundays are my favorite parts of the week, and I can't wait to be here. Um, I'm very humbled and honored to be able to share with you. And um, I have to say that Sharing in front of a crowd of people is not my favorite thing to do, but just like the last song, you know, I'm available. So I told God I was available, so when he asked, I had to say, yes, Lord. Amen. Right. <laughs> so today we're going to immerse ourselves in one amazing verse. It's John Chapter 10, verse 10, and I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. 
in this passage, Jesus is responding to the Pharisees, and he's telling a story as usual, a parable. And at the end of the parable, he says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in fullness until you overflow. Let's pray. Father, please open our hearts and minds to receive with awe and wonder the lavishness you lovingly place before us in this verse. Help us internalize your abundance and your overflow. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So my spiritual journey started when I was, well, officially, because I got baptized when I was 16. And then for about 15 years after that, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, how do I be a good Christian? And for me, it was like wandering in the desert, just like the Israelites, without a map. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody else try to figure out how to be a good Christian? Yeah. Um, our hearts are in the right place, aren't they? So around 1990, I decided to try a church called the Columbus Vineyard, which was in Ohio. Um, and that's where I came from, by the way. I, I'm a transplant to Iowa. Uh, I was born and raised in Ohio, and, and I have two sons, and I live by myself with four rescued animals. Um, I have three dogs and a cat with thumbs. <laughs> yes, he's sweet, isn't he? And I don't know, cats with thumbs are supposed to have different personalities, and this one definitely does. He's a lot more like a dog which is probably why he's allowed at my house. Um, but back to being at the Columbus Vineyard, um, I made that choice because they offered a service on Saturday nights. So I started attending on Saturday nights, and before long, I realized that God had given us a roadmap. It's in the Bible. So... Thanks to some wonderful sermons there, I spent the next several years finding and adding pieces to my biblical roadmap for life. And eventually I found myself experiencing peace uh, a lot of the time in my life. And then before I knew it, I was also experiencing joy. So I was experiencing peace and joy for about 90% of my life, so I thought this was awesome, especially since I come out of an abusive, um, addiction-riddled family. This peace and joy were really good stuff to me. And I don't like to be greedy, so I decided this was good enough. In fact, it was great. Certainly more than I expected, just like Jesus said. So I thought that the peace and joy I was experiencing was the abundant life that Jesus talked about. Have any of you ever felt that way, that maybe you feel like your Christian life is good enough? 
and maybe we can just coast now. Um, maybe like me, you don't expect God to give you any more because you don't want to be greedy. And I don't know, show of hands, how many of you think that all this abundant life stuff might be coming in heaven, but not for right now? Anybody else? Yeah, yeah it seems too good for here on earth, doesn't it? But what about John 10.10? 10? Jesus said, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Well, those of you who got Neil's thesaurus joke, you'll get this too. That verse is in present tense. The verb is give. And present tense in English means now. So this verse is saying, he wants to give us all this good stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, the, the Bible repeats this promise of abundant life over and over again. And when the Bible repeats something, we should sit up and listen because that's really important stuff. And there are a couple of more verses uh, on your bulletin, just a couple of the ones that talk about abundant life. So I'd encourage you to take a look at those later on. So I have to be honest, I didn't get this abundant life thing. I didn't have any experience in my life with abundance. So I didn't have any, any grid to put it in in my brain until about two years ago. That's when God, he'd already transformed my life, but then he really changed my life. He invited me to come further up and further in. Does anybody recognize that, those words, further up and further in? Somebody back there does. <laughs> Do you know what it's from? It's from uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> And um, that's a book by, or a series of books by C.S. Lewis. The last book is um, The Last Battle. And the words further in and further up are in there in the last two chapters over and over again. So let me put it into context for you. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences of that. But the four children who are the main characters in the Chronicles of Narnia, and the Narnian army, which is made up of a bunch of talking animals and wonderful fantasy creatures. Um, they've all finished the last battle. And they look up, and um, Aslan, the big, huge, beautiful lion, is coming toward them. And Aslan is like the Christ figure in the Narnia fantasy stories. So they're obviously very excited to see him. And he says, or this is what he does. He turned swiftly round, crouched lower, lashed himself with his tail, and shot away like a golden arrow. 
Come further in. Come further up. He shouted over his shoulder. So that kind of excitement and invitation is what our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit give to us today, just like Aslan shouted it to, to the Narnian army and the children. They work in concert to invite us further in and further up. They keep becking in us, come on, come further in, come high, further up. Because they long to give us fullness and abundant life. And our job is to accept that invitation. We must follow Jesus further in and further up. Because there's always so much more, so much more that God wants to give us. And the question is, how much do we want from God? Do we want more? Remember, I thought peace and joy were plenty. I didn't know there was more. Have you ever felt like that? that this is so good that you think, well, this has got to be all there is. Or maybe that God's given me enough. I'm not, I don't need to ask for any more. Well, now I do get it. I realize that he has so much more to give us. And now that I get it, I want more. <laughs> so spiritual direction is the path that uh, God used to show me moving further in and further up. As I said, that changed my life two years ago. It spiritually formed me on the inside because spiritual direction isn't um, a process or something like that. It's a, it's a way of life. It's, it's a way of integrating God deeper into your life. And spiritual direction is a legacy that was left to us by our spiritual fathers and mothers from the early church. And basically, it's simply spiritual practices that have been used for centuries. They're prayerful exercises that draw us into the holy presence of God. And it helps us to create space in our lives and in our minds and hearts to be with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It helps us to seek to, to be more aware of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our lives every minute of every day. So two years ago, I began learning and practicing spiritual direction. And those two years of growth have yielded some wonderful things. And here are just a few. I now have rich deep personal relationships with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit individually. I even learned that Jesus has a pet name for me, and that's really, really special. I feel utterly contented. And you know what? That's better than peace. I'm able to give my frustrations over to God. You heard Neil a couple of weeks ago, hopefully, talk about that, that 
Uh, in Philippians, Paul teaches us to approach one another with kindness when we have difficulties in our relationships. And Neil taught us the way to do that is to give our frustrations over to God. And uh, spiritual direction has taught me how to do that. I see that Christ is flowing out of me much more um, than before. I find myself being kind to people and being loving, being forgiving, and being generous. Um, and that's all Christ living inside of me. All I'm doing is just surrendering and being available. I have astounding freedom. And I have to tell you, freedom is even better than joy. I'm blessed to guide others into the same further in and further up experiences that I'm having. The bottom line is that today I'm living an amazing, more than I could ever have asked or imagined type of life. So it made me wonder as I was putting this together, what might churches look like if they were filled with people living out of the abundance of God, living an amazing more than you can ask or imagine life? As I thought about that, it came to me that I think we'd be like Jesus, and we'd be walking around the earth like he did. Jesus could live fully human without sin because of his rich relationship with the Father. He even tells us that in the Bible. He filled him to overflowing, giving him compassion, wisdom, strength, and so much more to carry out his three-year mission. So how about, how would people experience us. You know, we're running into people on the street and in stores and in our workplaces. How would they experience us if we were living lives filled to overflowing? Not just peace and joy, but also strength, wisdom, compassion, all those things that Jesus walked in, that Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness, as Paul taught in Philippians, and as Neil has been teaching us over the last three months. Wow, can you just imagine it? A world filled with people living out Christ-likeness instead of anger, selfishness, instead of hurt people going around hurting other people. Our city church leadership is also living out of the spiritual direction life. We've been intentional about making or inviting more of God into our um, activities here at the city. For example, we invite him more uh, first thing into our business meetings. We do spiritual direction activities in our community groups. Bottom line, we are seeking to grow more Christ-like. 
And if spiritual direction sounds like something that you might be interested in, we are planning to start a spiritual direction group in the fall. So you can be looking for more information on that if, you, uh, if you're interested. In closing, I'd like us to practice just a brief spiritual direction exercise. And it's something that you can take home and do, with you, do at home with your spouse or your family members or your children. We're going to be asking, what would abundance and fulfilled to overflowing look like in my life, in your life? And what we'll do is I'll pray a short invitation and I'll allow um, some silence so that you can hear and listen for God to answer that question for you. And first of all, we're going to create space. Because remember, I told you, it's all about creating space. And one of the things we do in spiritual direction is we like to symbolize that we're creating space for God. And so, this, so we light a candle to help us be mindful that we're seeking God and he's here with us. This lit right away the first time. There we go. Um, so that just reminds us that God is here and we're asking for him to be here. Then I'd like us all to create space ourselves, inside of ourselves. Um, if you're comfortable standing for this, go ahead. If you're not, you can stay seated. Um, but we're just going to open our hands as an invitation, um, welcoming God in, um, and opening ourselves to hear whatever he has for us. And then after the silence, I will close in prayer. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space and into our hearts and minds. We're seeking to go further in and further up, Lord. We say, yes, please, to more of you. We break through any barriers or distractions. We ask you to come and break through for us. Would you give us words, pictures, whispers in our ears? What does being filled to overflowing, living in your abundance, look like in my life?
We thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.